Yeah, hello, and welcome to episode 67 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is my podcast where I chat with some of the funniest people from the world. This week's friend is a very funny comedian from Calgary who moved to Toronto, then to L.A. to perform comedy, and that's what he's doing, and we talk about it, and we also talk about what that's life living down there in L.A., We get into what it's like to be a Raptors fan, the Toronto Raptors 2019 NBA champions, and we briefly touch on why Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And now, direct your attention to this episode, and please enjoy Friends of the Show, episode 67, with that old man Weldon, Will Weldon. Dude, I don't know why I insist on using this computer in my... (laughs) Or uh, headphones. It's like an older, older computer. It's so old. I realized the other day it's like, it's, I've just never bothered to buy a new one because this one keeps working. Yeah, that's the thing. I think my father-in-law is the same. Like, he he got this pop-up for like a thing that it won't go away, and he can't do anything about this pop-up. <laughs> he just moved it out of the way, so it's just like you can only see the top like of the pop-up and he just moved it out of the way into the corner like it's always there but he's just gonna go to his youtube channel and <laughs> watch the colbert rapport with that up it's fine <laughs> yeah i have uh, i have like so many cracked programs on this thing i like i don't even know how to do it anymore like i haven't pirated a copy of final draft since like 2013 <laughs> it's just working for you yeah I, I I have no idea how I do it now because I think it's all cloud based. Yeah, it's like subscription services <laughs> and everything. Uh, I yeah, fucking hate nice. it. It's the worst. It does suck. All right. Well, the, this song that's playing is the Neighbors of the World song for Calgary. <laughs> what Neighbors of the World? What what is that? I know. Won a contest. There you go. What? Shout out Calgary. <laughs> oh, God. The video so is we, insane. Have we, have we started, or is this like the no, intro no. song? No, uh, no. Yeah, no. Uh, this is the intro song, right? Here. Oh, okay. Both good songs, but <laughs> that one is the podcast theme. Uh, and this week's friend is someone who I've been following on Twitter since I started following funny people and found about him through the Canadian comedy Twitter scene. But he isn't in Canada anymore, of course. Moved from Calgary to L.A. to do the comedy, and he's doing it very funny. Uh, and he didn't like that I called him an Epstein truther, but I think he kind of is one. <laughs> it's Will Weldon at Old Man Weldon on Twitter. Welcome, Will. Okay, so... I, I came down here from uh, I came down here from Toronto. I, I did grow up in Calgary though, but oh, I okay. truly I truly have I couldn't have less emotional connection. Well, I guess that's not true. I have a fairly intense emotional connection to Calgary because I don't like Calgary and have like <laughs> fairly negative. Right. So when I say I have no emotional connection to it, that's not true. No I positive have, emotional connection. Yeah, I have the kind of emotional connection to it that you have with like somebody you were friends with and then you stop being friends and like 10 years later you're like damn they treated me like shit that entire time (laughs) yeah yeah before you know how friends work (laughs) everyone has to figure that out yeah he's like somebody calgary i mean you know it's 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 a lot like the friends you have in like junior high school 
because I went to a way smaller junior high. And uh, then we all went to high school and we were like, damn, we all hate each other, it turns out, and just split <laughs> off into totally different friend groups. Yeah, that's how that's how it happens. Yeah, hmm. shout out uh, Bishop Grandin High School. I ate lunch in the uh, drama room in uh, 11th grade because I had three friends. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that comes up later in our questions. Oh, okay. All right, well, this is, <laughs> yeah, I was going to make it a very Calgary-focused uh, question, but I guess that's wrong. So you move from Toronto. Uh, but generally, moving from Canada to L.A. or to the U.S.A. is quite the uh, the trek, right? So tell us your story. What's This is the Mark Marin part where you're like, whoa, where'd you come from? Who are your guys? Okay, well, I do want to start off by admitting that I did the thing I never do, which is uh, forget to listen to someone's podcast before I do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, so I think it, that's the norm I mean, for this podcast. Right. I mean, it's it's uh, on the one hand, it's a courtesy thing. But if, I, if I'm being honest, it's much more a thing of like, I, I, I usually like to know what I'm getting into, you know? Mm, yeah, that's true. You, like, should, you definitely like a, should have done your research. The You're not going to like the <laughs> deep research round that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's all the questions are you being like, so do you still uh, watch child pornography? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, he got me with this old uh, this old trap. Yeah, uh, I got the, uh, <laughs> the catch a predator guy is going to patch in. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up in Calgary. I didn't like it. I moved to Toronto. I liked it there. And then uh, I got engaged and moved to uh, L.A. with my then fiance because uh, she wanted to write for TV. And we'd both already been doing comedy. And she uh, has been writing for television for a long time. And I, uh, I think I have three shows booked in the future. So, you know, things, uh, divergent paths we ended up taking. Uh, yeah, well, it comes, it's a cyclical industry, uh, you know, there's ebbs and flows, I'm surely, yeah. you know, one, yeah. the parabola goes up, the parabola goes down, if we're looking at it on a graph, so yeah, I'm sure we're on, you're just on different uh, sides of the slope. <laughs> yeah, ups and downs, that's nice and vague, because uh, it does not specify just how far up or how far down. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that is part of the uh, the business, right, like, uh, yeah, you gotta fight for every crumb, right? In today's day and age, <laughs> you're uh, out there I'm not in the Hollywood sure hills, doing an impression. Like, I'm not even sure what sort of uh, uh, like Hollywood <laughs> archetype you're doing an impression of at the moment. I don't know. I just slip into these voices sometimes when I'm asking weirdo questions. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I am very interested in like that uh, that LA scene because it's been a thing since the you know a star is born, the original. Uh, like the big go to L.A. and make it as a big star or fail spectacularly. Yeah, I'm not. Um, there are like people uh, I think with especially like stand up specifically in comedy. I do think there are a lot of people who in this city still have a notion because I am um, I go and hang out at the, the there are like three different levels at the comedy store. There's like past which is you do the shows and you like you call in every week and they give you spots. And I, I don't know, I don't think they pay you anymore, but that's like, that's like the official, like you do the comedy store phase. Right. Yeah. And then there's the middle phase where they give you like a few minutes of time on random shows to kind of like see how you're progressing along and stuff. And then eventually, and then yeah, they keep your eye on you until you're ready to get past or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then there's just like the open mic, which is 
like the star. Sorry, Jesus Christ. I had like a burp uh, <laughs> trapped halfway through my chest. And then when it came out, it wasn't even impressive. It's a real it's a, audible experience for the listener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, a feast for the sense. Uh, I uh, Oh, and then there's just like the, the open mic, which is the guy who like kind of passes people and, and books everything. He is at the mic sometimes. Right. Uh, most of the time. But it's. I'm in like the middle phase of calling in every week. So I'll go on the the Monday to hang out sometimes, which is when the open mic is. And there are people at the open mic I have never seen before. And I never see again because it's uh, it's like, you know, 200 people will sign up for that thing now. That's insane. And there are. Yeah, there are, I think, 15, 15 spots. And that's every week 200 people like come in the lineup or whatever to put their name on the list to get in to, for one of these 15 like five-minute spots or whatever, three to five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, I think they're three. Three um, minutes. Three? Whoa, that's so crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. but the mic yeah, yeah, is three. the – it's like the store is like the spot. So the, those shows are going to be – you know, they're going to have – people there right that's going to be a real audience well there'll be yeah there'll be like an audience but that's like the thing is i think a lot of people are going to the comedy store because they want to get past at the comedy store and become like famous and that is i think the one place where people still have that that notion of like i'm gonna to go to la and become a star yeah. uh doing stand-up comedy whereas i think most of the people who get here are They've either been doing it for a while and they want to like branch out into either like writing for TV or audition or whatever, or they start here and then they do it for long enough that they get good enough and then they go out on the road. But this is like this is like an awful city to come to to become a star in stand up comedy specifically because there's just like there's just not a ton of shows or stage time here compared to a place like New York, which is a city where people genuinely go and they just do it a ton. And, uh, I think you can actually get like a lot more name recognition out there, uh, than you can in comparison to here, but people still go to the comedy store thinking like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get past the comedy store and then I'm going to become like a big star. And those people are often just like some of the grimmest human spectacles you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> well, I guess like to have that thought and be like, I'm going out. This is my first time gonna, you know, wow everybody. And then get past immediately, obviously. And then I'll be middling for Berbiglia or whatever. Like, no, I don't think that, no, like those people are pretty on some level of delusion. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, um, I, it's, I, it does seem like a lot of them do have a notion of like, not necessarily that they're going to be like great or passed right away, but they do think they're going to be pretty good. I think, I, I think it's hard to do stand up if you're not in denial about how bad you are going to be for how long. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I shouldn't put down put that down because you have to have yeah you have to be like all right this isn't going to kill me to go up, but it, maybe it will. But you know you have to put that in the back of your mind and step out there. Yeah, you also still yeah I think some people. I mean, it's even a kind of similar thing of sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to do uh, 12 new minutes tonight and it's all going to be great and turn out really well. And then you're like, God, what an absolute garbage dump that set turned out to be. Yeah. Or but, after um, like the first minute, you're like, oh, no, this is not going good. And then you go back to your your classic six or whatever. Right. You slide yeah, into your and then, your original. And then stuff. the classic six doesn't do very well because they all the whole crowd <laughs> is sure you suck because you opened up yeah. with such a bad bit. Yeah, yeah, you like it's just so hard to uh, to turn that wheel or turn that ship around. 
you got to start strong. I or can't at least imagine. start fine. It's good to not completely destroy their confidence in you right away. Yes. You don't want to come out to cricket. Uh, that's pretty tough. Um, <laughs> you need to have something to get it going, right? Like to, you need some sort of <laughs> coal in the engine or whatever to, to, get the audience, um, to get the audience going. Yeah. So what's your, what's your go-to? Do you have it's... like a – what's your like go-to thing? Do you reference something maybe that someone said or do you like do a crowd work thing or do you have a standard – couple of lines that you shoot out or do you go right into like an opener don't try to oh i tend to go uh i tend to go right into an opener yeah it kind of depends on it also depends on the show and what's been happening and you know how loose everyone's in yeah (laughs) yeah how loose and if something fucked up has happened and needs to be talked about yeah you gotta say something up top about the, the naked guy who they just kicked out yeah or the guy who um there's a guy years ago I was in Denver doing shows and I, they have like a pro pro am night there at the club and uh, everybody there is really nice. So they, they essentially gave me the best spot, which is the first spot right after all of the uh, like open mic comics go up. Mm -hmm. So the crowd has familiar with comedy, seen comedy, (laughs) but but there's a good chance they're like, they're like primed and ready to like really laugh. Yes. And, and the guy who went up before me, I'd seen him before the show, like pounding shots of Patron. Uh-oh. And uh, he came out. He was on. He's on right before me. He came out and he was in like a like a long black duster and like black jeans and like a black shirt. And he had on black wraparound sunglasses and his hair was slicked back. And he walked out and he like grabbed the mic really confidently and aggressively. And he he just went so uh a lot of people think I'm a real piece of shit. And then he paused because <laughs> he thought that was going to like crush. Destroy, yeah. It was dead silence. And then he, his confidence was ruined and Oof. he proceeded to like fall apart doing this awful act about what a piece of shit he was. Like he'd clearly never done it before. So then I went on right after him and I like, literally had to talk about it or (laughs) everyone in the crowd would have been like, did this guy just get here? Like, (laughs) why are we pretending like that did not happen? (laughs) Yikes. I mean, but the, you know, that, that is something that you would have to address, right? You're like, Oh, how about that piece of shit guy? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just like diffuses it right with the the audience. Cause the audience it's like hanging there until someone says something. Yeah. It's not, um, yeah, it's like, it's not a theatrical production or sketch or <laughs> right, it's like yeah. one of the biggest things is unless you're like, you know, in big venues, it kind of changes, but like comedy clubs and stuff, a part of it is making it feel like everyone is engaged. Like you're all in the same thing as opposed to you're just performing for them. Yeah, so exactly. like, that kind of crazy shit, if you don't address it, it almost breaks or it like reestablishes the fourth wall. Right. Yeah. Which is like not something you really want in stand up. A fourth wall. You need to break that one. Yeah. Too many walls, baby. Let's get nice man, that shit. One one round outer layer. <laughs> yeah. We need that 360 circular staged. That, yeah, man. Fourth that's... wall. Nah, dude. Yeah, Just it. one long piece of fabric. Yeah, <laughs> time's a flat circle. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's keep this part moving. You've just come back from a very cool trip that I was following <laughs> on Instagram. What was that like? What was great about it, and what was annoying? 
Uh, well, it uh, it was great because um, we've been there before. My wife and I went to Scotland. Uh, this is the third. It's like the the third Christmas we've spent there. Uh, the first year we went as a trip. The second year we went and we got married there. And then this year was essentially our honeymoon. And uh, it was great. We just like we really love it there. Uh, it it reminds me of she's from Boston and really doesn't like the people. <laughs> but um, a lot of like in Edinburgh, especially like it reminds her of Boston just because it's like the city is so old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like it because people have. Uh, very, uh, I don't know. They're like kind of a weirdly practical people. And I've never really let go of that sort of like Minnesota Canadian thing I have about like following rules and stuff. (laughs) And, uh, the worst part is that, um, they take Christmas so seriously that everything is closed on Christmas day. Like this is the third year. And once again, I could not believe just like restaurants, there are no there are no movie theaters open on Christmas Day. It was it's just like such a wildly different experience to my whole life. We're like going to the movies on Christmas is such a normal thing in North America that so many people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a traditional it, thing, right? It's sustained the movie industry for so long. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, yeah, I mean, some movies open on Christmas Day and yeah. Uh, especially like, you know, here in, and in Toronto is where I became familiar with the notion that like on Christmas Day is when Jews go to the movies and then get Chinese food. Yep. Two huge industries supported on Christmas Day. Yeah. 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 By the non-Christian. Yeah, they, make a, <laughs> they make a tenth of their uh, uh, yearly allotment of cash on those days. Yeah. It's a it's a tent pool day. It's on the calendar. Yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, so now you're living in LA, getting smoothies, celeb sightings all the time. What are some innocuous celeb sightings that you've had? Getting smoothies. I don't know. Um, I, uh, tell us about what that LA life is like. I thought you were <laughs> you're you're like a pretty fit guy. I figured you'd be uh, on some sort of health kick. Well, I mean, yeah, I um, my dad uh, my dad had a heart attack in his fifties. So after that, is and then his mom like was killed by her heart. So, uh, since then I've, I just try to like not eat like a wild animal like I used to, which is not so tough because there's so much fresh produce here, but it's like, it's, uh, all of the sort of stuff you think about LA is it's like, so like the stuff you see in like TV and the movies is one, such a small part of it. And also two, like, totally negated by being in comedy because most comedians do not live like, you know, all my friends still like drink way, way too much beer and like smoke cigarettes, but it's God, you know, I truly, I've been here like 11 years. Uh, it, it's not a great walking city, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Like I think about all the times in Toronto where if a streetcar was late, just like, didn't seem like it was coming. I would just walk the 45 minutes home. Yeah. And, uh, here, I mean, I just started taking the bus properly here and uh, nobody, nobody takes transit. The traffic is I, I believe the congestion is still the worst in the world. It might have been topped, but it kind of goes back and forth with places like Beijing in terms of having literally <laughs> the worst traffic on Earth. Yeah, just like constant uh, gridlock, uh, awful traffic. Yeah, and that's you know people uh, people give Californians a hard time about always talking about traffic, but like if you're the worst in the world at something, I feel like you're allowed to bring it up a lot. 
Yeah, like, or you know, maybe the two are related somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but um, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, oh right. Oh, and uh, innocuous celebrity sighting. Sorry, my dog. <laughs> my dog is like hooting and hollering right shout now. Shout out! Shout out to the dog. Uh, it. Uh, I. I like don't. Oh, one time I had. Um, I had a, a a meeting at Funny or Die. And when I got there in the parking lot, there was a sign up that said reserved for Samuel L. Jackson. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Haha. Like, oh, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is coming here. And then as I was sitting and uh, waiting for the guy I was meeting, uh, Samuel L. Jackson came out of one of the rooms. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He's like in this business and I live in Hollywood now <laughs> yeah, it's or something. Hollywood adjacent if I'm being technical. Yeah. Something but that should the, make sense. <laughs> yeah. But it's like pretty much, pretty much every celebrity sighting is innocuous. I saw, uh, and one time I saw, um, Oh God, what's his name from, uh, entourage, uh, Adrian <laughs> Grenier. No. Um, okay. Friend, <laughs> uh, He's uh, he played the uh, the agent. He's uh, oh. been accused of sexual assault multiple times. Oh right, um, Piven. Yeah, Jeremy Piven. Yeah, it. Uh, I saw him outside a uh, craft store, and uh, he was on his cell phone, and he was kind of marching around with his chef chest puffed out. And <laughs> Classic really, Piv. Yeah, it really looked like it looked like he was trying to draw attention to himself and get recognized. But was, um, like actually filming a scene from Entourage. Yeah, I guess I did. I also saw them one time. I was like kind of driving behind them as they were shooting a scene for the movie. And uh, when I realized what movie they were shooting, I like burst out laughing. And a bunch of the I, I had my windows down. I think I laughed so loud that like a bunch of the crew looked over at me and I might have fucked the shot up a little bit because it was like <laughs> it, it's just like it's the kind of like dumb shit that it would be annoying if somebody was like, Oh, have you ever seen them shoot entourage? And I'd be like, no, it's a big city. And like, don't be stupid. There's a wide variety of things. That's not even <laughs> the biggest industry in the city. And like, and then of course I am stuck in traffic behind a like blue Ferrari that is being towed around to shoot a scene for entourage. <laughs> but the pretty movie, exciting to see most... it in the movie, right? When you saw that in the movie, you're like, that's the I mean, scene I saw. Yeah, it's like what Entourage is like an incredible show because all of the conflict is started and resolved with a phone call. Like <laughs> yeah. it it's just like it completely flies in the face of any sort of compelling conflict at all. I'm I've seen every episode so many times. I'm like fascinated with it and obsessed with it. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I think uh, Gavin Pounds a couple episodes ago was talking about uh, how he was big into Entourage back in the day. Uh, we unearthed some old tweets where he was tweeting earnestly about Entourage and enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I had the same. I mean, I'll still look, you know, I'll still go to bat for that most of that second season and uh, some <laughs> yeah. of the first and the third. But there is a weird point where either the writers changed their minds or it was conf or the audience sort of watched in horror as it as everyone realized that, like, the show is not making fun of these guys. The show thinks they're like compelling and interesting and like 
good, talented people. And that's really when it flies off the rails. Yeah, I don't know if it was uh, Wahlbergian, right? The machinations, because it was all supposed to be based on him, right? Uh, in his like experience uh, or whatever, loosely yeah, based. But he well, was a producer. Like, they went, um, they, it was like half Wahlberg, half uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. I read an interview with uh, the creator and he talked about when they were developing the show, they were like, what if instead of like, you know, East Coast tough guy like you, we had like a pretty boy actor like right. Leonardo DiCaprio, but then still had your sort of entourage of like your friend who was advising you and your brother who kind of washed out of the industry. And then you're like dumb friend in real life. Uh, I think it was turtle. They like turtle hung out with Mark Wahlberg to stop him from like doing any more hate crimes and stuff. He was like <laughs> yeah. around to like supervise him is what he was being paid for. Yeah. And now he is, uh, now he is a movie producer and he is dating, uh, Lala from, uh, Vanderpump rules. Well, there you go. It works out, right? Being part of the entourage works out. Oh yeah. That guy. Oh my God. <laughs> Did that ever work out for that guy? <laughs> Nothing like it. Living that life. Friends with Mark yeah. Wahlberg, getting some of those 5 a.m. Uh, workout sessions, getting one What's, one of the multiple rounds of golf that he plays every day. Oh, my God. There's so much fucking golf on that show. Oh, my God. People go golfing a lot on that show. Like, as if it is not boring enough, they're like, okay, now let's have a scene where characters talk about contracts for film on a golf course. And you're like, who on earth ever <laughs> thought this could be compelling television? Relatable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not even relatable if you, like, live here, let alone if, <laughs> well, but then I guess the flip side is people are like, wow, so glamorous, out mm. on the golf course, talking about big money contracts. Yep, that's what people want to see. It's celebs, they're not like us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, so you like basketballs, do you? Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if like is the right word. It it it's like I I am compelled by a basketball or like unable to escape basketball. Basketball is, is wields a ungodly power over you, dude. Basketball wields so much power over me. Right, so it's strange, but that's why I had to bring it up because yeah, you're a basketball guy, um, and we yeah. should shout out the 2019 NBA champion Toronto Raptors couldn't believe it i still <laughs> it's still on some level has like not sunk in fully oh i'm enjoying it but i'm looking at it like sins through the hourglass like the once the end of the season or happens or like the beginning of playoffs uh it's just like yeah that's that uh, that's the end of that great yeah thing it, it for me are you a, are you like a big raptors fan no i'm like a medium raptors fan Okay, but you're still familiar with the fact that, like, up until last year, they really kind of, like, humiliated themselves in the playoffs uh, every yeah. year. So embarrassing, because I was obviously, like, media as a medium Raptors fan, once the playoffs starts and if the Raptors are in the playoffs, I'm watching all the playoffs games. That's sort of the, yeah. le the level that I'm at. But I'm not watching all the regular season games. I watched, like, a handful. Uh, yeah. So uh, when uh, when that was happening, I was like, all right, this is this is big. Uh, everyone pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and then so obviously so excited for like when that shot happened, uh, the big oh. shot. Where, where were you? Were you watching it? I was in my living room. I That's <laughs> the thing is I had like briefly stopped watching it because I was sure I was like, they're just going to go to overtime. And then I think and I went I think I went and started doing like the dishes because I was <laughs> so stressed out and also wanted to like I was like, I'll get them done now. Yeah, that's good. So I can watch the first three minutes of overtime and then like throw my phone in the garbage in a rage. <laughs> 
<laughs> but at least the dishes will be done. Yeah, exactly. I can like storm around and be miserable to talk to or spend time with freely without having the weight of the dishes on my brain. Yeah. But then I just saw, I think it was like, I looked at Twitter first and I just saw, do you know, uh, do you know Nick Weiger? Yeah, of course. Uh, Doughboys and uh, other stuff. <laughs> yeah, he does that thing where he watches basketball. You won't. He won't even say what game he's watching, but he just tweets wow, wow after the big moments. And I saw him tweet wow in all caps. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> and I looked and uh, I couldn't. It just I was just like floored by it. But that's the, the like. Embarrassment to going back to what you were saying about like once the playoffs roll around for me, look, obviously I would love it if they made it to even the conference finals would be great and just feel so validating. Yes. But like I'd even be OK with a first round exit if they played like if they're like the four seed or it's a situation where like Embiid is hurt for most of the season and then he comes back and like Philly ends up in sixth and the Raptors are third, like whatever it is, as long as they play as hard as they can and don't shit the bed in the playoffs, I'm fine with wherever they go out. Cause I'm like you in that this season, this season is all gravy to me. Exactly. Whatever yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, whatever happened, like how dare I, in what universe could I possibly be upset with this team. You can't be mad. We all got year. we all got our rings. <laughs> oh yeah, and I still get um I'll still like get pissed off after games like if they have like a dumb loss or something. I'll yeah, be, there's like, been a few of those. Especially after it. um so this season when like the a few of the starters got hurt, all these oh bench players like stepped up on this great run and then the starters came back and they couldn't figure out <laughs> like how to put it together. <laughs> um so it's like yeah, there's this, there's like you know, work, it's a work in progress still to get to, you know, that playoff caliber level. But if they can figure that out and use the depth during the playoffs to turn that corner, it'd be amazing if they won, yeah, won a, won a series or two with a yeah, yeah. post Yeah, I mean, that's the issue, though, with, like, depth is a, almost a problem in the playoffs because nobody has to go, like, you don't have to go deep anymore. Exactly, yeah, that's yeah. true. In basketball, but, um, you put your best guys out there for the max minutes that they do and... Uh, yeah, yeah, you go like seven. I mean, I think they they cut the rotation down to seven. I uh, no, I think it was eight in the finals. Mm-hmm. By the time they got to the finals last year, it was the starters. Maybe it was just seven. Oh no, it, right, it was the starters and uh, Ibaka, Van Vliet, and McCaw would mm-hmm. play a little bit. But other than that, I don't think anybody else saw the floor uh, during that time. But it um, crazy yeah, though, just, and it's the same. I also was like, I, I've also been a little irritated. It's Obviously not with the team. It's just like annoying how many games, they, like how many uh, games they've lost to injury from with the starters. Like, yeah, what every single starter has been injured for at least a few games so far this season, and it just is like it's, a, it's like annoying. That's like uh, it's already a hard season <laughs> when so you lose yeah. uh, like you know key pieces or whatever, and you're in a transition kind of thing, and then all of a sudden you're missing like even more key pieces and uh that's no way to like build your team right like the chemistry and everything every game like matters (laughs) yeah and it's also like uh, you know they won the title last year it's like you just want to see them you want to see them be able to like play for you know i think we all know just about that unless like they pull in another miracle in the playoffs this year this is like 
the last year of this team as we know it. Yeah, but like, yeah, the so I want them to have their like victory lap season properly. I don't (laughs) want, I I want to see them all play together. It's not like I'm not like irritated with any of the players. I'm essentially uh, angry with fate that that I'm not. I'm not able to just like enjoy the team <laughs> minus Kawhi, just like running it out yeah. uh, and seeing what happens. We will see what happens in the uh, NBA playoffs. Everyone tune in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jeffrey Epstein, what happened? You know, nobody knows uh, <laughs> what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I think almost just about every sane person knows that there's like – there's no way he he killed himself uh, he, unless you allow for like I do believe it's possible that somebody threatened his life or like essentially made it clear that he had to kill himself. Right. And he killed himself. But th- it it simply seems like the least likely outcome is that he was in his cell and he was so depressed about his fate that he you know, committed suicide out of like depression or desperation. Like his lawyer denies it. Uh, it's come out that he was paying off, still paying off his accusers, which like, why would you be paying people for their silence if you were just going to kill yourself anyway? Uh, obviously we all know all the security cam footage gone, but it was like the one set of cameras. Oh, they weren't working that night. And then the other <laughs> set of cameras, Oh, we accidentally deleted the footage and, uh, oh, wouldn't you know it, the two guys who uh, were supposed to be checking uh, didn't check. And also one of them isn't even a proper security guard. And, and like, it, it, it's all so uh, – this the story they're trying to give is so implausible. And, I mean, the guy wh- – why wouldn't – he would also be confident still that he was going to get away with it because he got away with it last time. Yeah, he's, like, yeah, he's always got away with it. He has an island yes. of getting away with it. And so, yeah. He that- <laughs> famously has all this supposed blackmail material on people. Like, it is just so, so hard to believe that he would then commit suicide because he was so depressed about his current situation. Like, I, I, I and the other thing, too, that makes it seem extremely unlikely is just the mountain of media stories about like, oh, the conspiracy <laughs> theories around his death. And why can't people believe what uh, what was said happened, that he it was a, a suicide? Why are they believing these conspiracy theories? And it's like, yet again, if they had been, if people were being like, no, it, like the media were like, no, it, it does make sense that people have these suspicions because this is very strange. And uh, it, it a ton of it does not add up. Then I'd be like, okay, I, I'm maybe a little more willing to accept that's what happened. But it just, it just smacks of cover up from top to bottom. And I, I'm just like too old and too familiar with all of the horrible things that people get away with to just like accept this as reality now. Yeah, it's pretty like that's what you're saying with the media being like, yeah, well, like th- everything that happens, there's conspiracy theories about it, but there's not always. So many conspiracy theories that there's news stories about the conspiracy theories and like actually proving that a lot of them are still unexplained, quote unquote, or there's a lot of loose ends. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they'll, it'll be like they'll have an op ed guy be like, no, oh, why do people think this is fishy? And then like the same day they have they've reported a story about how the second set of security 
footage was deleted. And it's like, hey, man, you read your own website because there's like yet more compelling evidence for this coming out. And it's it's also extremely frustrating because like a lot of the stuff I I mean, I, I don't like to like hold on to like meme jokes for too long anyway, because I think they tend to get corny kind of quickly. But like w with the like Epstein didn't kill himself meme as like a joke, it really became such a right wing thing, like tons of people saying it on like Fox News and stuff. So it, it was like a hard thing to well, keep doing just because of like the connotations of who had glommed onto it. And it's like extremely frustrating because they've essentially the the Democrats have like conceded it to the conspiratorial right in this country because, I mean, they, there's no way they're comfortable with what the answers to all those questions are. The like mountain of high profile Democrats that would be implicated in any kind of real investigation that have already been implicated in any kind of real uh, investigation and like, you know, their donors would be implicated and and it, it it's just like so unbelievably frustrating of a thing to live through. And somebody was being like a devil's advocate with me and tried to compare it to like 9-11, but like 9-11 being like an inside job, there's no real evidence of that, like, or like controlled explosives. It was every engineer on earth was like, no, here's how it worked. I mean, Popular Mechanics dedicated a whole issue to explaining how those planes could bring the towers down and like destroy the stru structural integrity of the World Trade Center. But like this, the most obvious and compelling explanation is that like he did not kill himself. And I'm not, I think a part of it, like, I mean, I was kind of joking about the rejecting the, the truth or thing because it does make me think of 9-11. But the other thing is like, I'm not full bore into like, I don't think that it was like, a Satanist ritual. I don't think they're going to like Satanist temples or doing like rites of passage. I, I think it was like a lot of, I think like, I think rich people like to like molest kids because I mean, to seek out and acquire that kind of money and power, I do think there has to be something wrong with you. In addition to that, I'm sure you just go crazy once you become completely untouchable and something snaps in your brain where you're just like, well, I'm just going to keep pushing the limits of what I can do to see if I can continue to get away with whatever I want. And then also a bunch of them were also just like straight up child molesters as well. We're just like straight up pedophiles. Yeah, it's um, pretty crazy so how like, you can just be know, like, oh, all of these rich people <laughs> just were doing dude, this. It's and like if you have more than, I don't know, $50 million, you should be under 24 hour supervision because <laughs> like you're just you're just bad. You're just a bad person up to like bad things. There's no there's like no way it's not the case. I mean, yeah, give me 50 million. I'll, I'll do some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like think about all of the like the like troubling things you've done for like three hundred dollars, like <laughs> some of the like paychecks you've collected where you're like, oh, boy, that's like not that's like not something I'm that that's something that's going to be running through my head as I'm dying as like one of my great regrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all those Irishman paychecks have been taken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess, so we aren't going to find out, or maybe we will when we're older, or uh, the next generation will find out. I mean, it's going to be an amazing movie, right? Whoever the future, 
What's that guy's name who makes those movies? <laughs> What's the guy who did JFK? Uh, oh, uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah, like whoever the next Oliver Stone oh. is in the future. Okay, as long as it's the next one. I mean, Oliver Stone makes the worst movies now. Right, but on like those real subjects, right? Like real deal. Yeah. He tries to he tries to uncover the real truth and tell it to the people, but he's a little too soon, I think. <laughs> like some of the people yeah. are still alive. You got to wait till everybody's dead. Everybody who was on those manifests, all dead, and all of their estates burned to the ground, and then yeah, and I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll just be like, just like baseless speculation for the rest of our lives slash forever, because like nobody, you know, people just like don't these kinds of powerful people don't suffer the consequences for these kinds of things. I mean, there was a massive pedophilia, tra- like child trafficking ring going on in parliament during the thatcher years in the uk and like nobody ever went to jail nobody was ever punished for it the police actively protected them and like helped them cover it up it, it's it's just it is like one of the biggest problems with this whole thing is it, you're like you're being like oh i can't wait until law enforcement goes after powerful people like that is just not how law enforcement works particularly in this country it's if we ever find out the truth it will be in spite of the like justice system not because of it yeah that's true it'll be yeah because of like some some whistleblowers some leakers out there who you know leak those deleted footage of what happened right yeah it's uh i had um when they talked about uh when i saw that the the feds raided a little saint james island i just i just had this image of them like walking off of a boat going into his like compound and home taking out boxes of files, walking back onto the boat, and then just dumping those boxes over the side into the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and then they get I, onto the I, phone, I they're like, it's done, sir. And then the person yeah. that you just see from the chin down is like, very good. It like hangs up, and then it pans yeah. away, and it's like Congress right, or whatever. It's like the halls yeah, the, of Washington. Uh, it's like the, the, the people who crack this, like the law enforcement who crack this, who would crack this kind of thing would be like, city DA and uh, a couple detectives with like a wild stick up their ass or a wild hair up their ass over it. Cause I, it, once it gets into the bigger, grander system, there's just p- people lose all sense of the humanity behind these cases and are just like, well, it'd just be a huge problem to have this come to light. So we'll just suppress it and cover it up. Yeah. Whereas like a 50 year old alcoholic detective is <laughs> gonna like go after this forever because he like i don't know he like you know hit his kids too so hard that they don't talk to him anymore and he's gonna put his attempts to reconcile with his family completely into this case like (laughs) david simon get on the line you gotta write a david simon the wire type uh, synopsis for that show yeah i mean that's a little lazy for david simon honestly that that's the approach oliver oliver stone (laughs) ah classic all right. Well, I think we've covered all those things. So now we get into everyone's favorite part of the show. It's the questions from Twitter. So thank you to everyone who has sent in a question to at FOTS pod on Twitter. And the first question that Will is going to ignore is from at Joel Crass. And it is, will you do a rap for us? No. He said I, it. I didn't ignore. <laughs> I didn't ignore the question. I answered the question. No. Right. It's not ignoring. It is a straight up refusal of this request, which is completely fine as an answer, as a response. So, I mean, good try, Joel, but I don't know what he's it trying is, to do with this. It is It is uh, because of my uh, 
enjoyment and admiration and respect for rap, I will not do a rap for anyone right now. That is good. And you have never written a rap or performed a rap or have you? No, never in my <laughs> entire, like never have, unless I'm paid to write one. I, I never will. It's not something I've ever practiced and I can't imagine something more embarrassing than like a 34 year old white guy who is st- a 34 year old white guy in comedy who is starting to rap started to, to rap. Like learn to rap just that is, I'm, just I'm locked down the sound cloud i'm so depressed by it <laughs> just locking down the sound cloud what's your rap name will um uh oh i used to joke that my rap name would be like lil bitch yeah that's a solid one yeah so check it out on soundcloud joel lil bitch with a bunch of underscores all right next question comes to us from Friend of the show, Timmy, at the Timmy Toes on Twitter. Uh, he says, hello. When traveling, do you bring the exact number of socks you'll need? Or do you toss in a couple extra pairs just in case uh, you end up getting all muddy or step in a big thing of sauce? So socks, uh, underwear, I will do one extra one, maybe two if it's a long trip. And then uh, one of the extra, I will leave an extra pair of underwear and socks in my uh, carry-on that I put under the seat in front of me. Socks, I'm probably bringing at least three or four extra pairs, depending on where I am. If I'm going somewhere warm where it's not likely it's going to rain, I'll maybe just bring like an extra pair. But if I'm if I'm going somewhere cold or so, like wet, I'm bringing a bunch of extra socks because I've seen enough world wars one and two <laughs> movies yes. to like have a real fear of trench foot yeah yeah that's the thing that those guys are always reminding you you got to change your Dude, socks every single war movie has a scene where they talk about trench foot well it really worked it right so thank you those movies and you've never yeah, got it yeah. right you've yeah, never the only reason it. i've never gotten trench foot because i i was prepared uh by world war <laughs> by uh, the world movies. wars not because the odds i would get trench foot are essentially <laughs> zero just living a day-to-day life i don't know if you step in a big thing of sauce you get sauce foot it, how uh, how hot is the if the sauce is hot enough then i'm i'm i probably can't do any socks afterwards getting so it would like backfire and i would use even fewer socks than i originally believed well i think that would suck too if you stepped in a thing of sauce like those socks are pretty much a write-off would you say will or are you trying to save them you're gonna put put some bleach on them you're gonna toss them in the wash i mean look uh dress socks out the window uh just like athletic socks not fuck it i just wash them and keep using them they're the gym socks now yeah yeah i mean yeah it's uh, that's the thing like how uh, people are not (laughs) seeing my socks very often right especially here people leave their shoes on in this city and it is a wildly difficult thing to get used to as a Canadian. Mm-hmm. That is strange. Um, yeah. So what kind it's of just like not super dirty? <laughs> so what kind of socks are you rocking on a regular day to day basis? Just a straight up uh, athletic sock? Do you ever do those compression ones? Those are good. Uh, never compression. Once again, I gotta say, it really depends on the day and what I have lined up for what the what socks I'm gonna wear. Right. So dress. Like so big right meeting. Now, we can't use our heater <laughs> because it doesn't ventilate properly. So right now I'm wearing like thermal socks as often as I can. Mm. Thermal socks. So those are like T Max heat socks or something like that. Yeah, they're just from Uniqlo. They're like heat tech socks. I don't know. Yeah. You guys have Uniqlo, don't you? Uh, I don't think so, but um, I know what you mean. Sort of like a heat. Yeah. 
like a fabric that's designed like um yeah long underwear stuff but for socks yeah they're like it's like they're like thick socks too like oh, that's you, you can tell the second you touch them that they're like super warm socks like you'd wear those to go snowboarding or skiing or something yeah very good yeah i got nice thick wool socks that i got one christmas and they are like wearing slippers yeah i man just thinking about like how cold my feet would get in toronto in the <laughs> winter like trudging to work because the king car broke down halfway there like oh my god my feet were cold non-stop in that city yeah, and we're right in slush season right now, so we've just had a crazy rainstorm, and now it got cold, so everything froze over, and now we're in that slush zone, which is where everyone yeah, gets I, those soakers, those freezing cold soakers. Yeah, I saw people talking about rain, and it's like, again, it's like a type of weather I'd completely forgotten about. The rain in the middle of winter, like just absolutely hell on earth to be walking around through that <laughs> yeah pretty insane it's just like huge puddles because the ground's frozen so there's nowhere for the water to to go huge puddles and then with that thin layer of ice over the top so it looks like it's solid but if you step on it yeah. you'll go through uh and you'll get that crazy ice soaker yeah dude people complain about snow like man fuck snow snow is the absolute least of my concerns no, like snow <laughs> Anybody can deal with, I mean, snow, if you brush it off fast enough, it won't even melt and like get you wet. But that winter rain, the winter rain and also just the days in the dead of winter when the, the sky clears and there's no cloud cover to like trap the heat in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And you are just walking around and you can see the sun and you are like, there is the sun. And yet I am freezing to death right now. <laughs> exactly. Like yep. I have this wet cold in my bones and the sun for all intents and purposes has like a cartoon smiley face on it and is waving at me. Well, you should be glad to live where you live, Will, because uh, your weather is probably a little bit nicer than ours currently. So um, I hope you thank the weather God every day when you wake up and you can put on your yeah. shorts in you know March or whatever. I mean, uh, climate change will uh, kill us all just uh, in a variety of different ways. So <laughs> I'm not I am maybe uh, less less grateful than I should be for a lot of it. It's th this place is becoming a little bit like I remember Toronto being where it's like it's it's really nice. I mean, right now, winter it, winter kind of sucks because none of the houses are insulated because they're all built in like the 40s. Yeah. But so they don't they don't stay warm. And in the summer, they don't cool off. But uh, it, it's like it's cold in the mornings. It's cold at night right now. But during the day, it's like, you know, 10 or 11 degrees. Like, it's perfectly fine. But it is like for here, it's it's cold right now. And when it gets hot, it, it's it's just miserably hot <laughs> for like two straight months. I think last year we had a heat wave where we were, we were up in the hundreds for like a week. And it, that was the moment the closest I've ever come to genuinely being like, I want to leave and move somewhere else. Cause I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, that is hot. That is a, it's, that's just like lie on the floor. And yeah. And we don't have AC, but we have ceiling fans in every room. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit better here, but man, it's tough. And just like our pets are just like melted into the floor. Like they can barely move. They're so exhausted from the heat. Well, something to look forward to this summer in LA. Yeah. And, 
and every summer for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, only going to get hotter. All right, so thank you very much, Timmy, for that great question. Hope that answered it. And the next question comes to us from not Sarah at SmithSarah79, uh, and not Sarah asks, Oh, hey, who is the baby in his header, and where can I hang out with here, him? Uh, and uh, she says it's not a big deal if uh, Will is busy. He doesn't have to be there. The baby in the the header is is Lenny. He's uh, a uh, we think he's around like fifteen now. He's like a fifteen year old uh, wow. Chihuahua Dachshund mix. Uh, he's like extremely angry. Doesn't like other people. He uh, he likes me, and he kind of like will like put up with my wife and be nice to her sometimes. And uh, I'm pretty sure he still likes uh, my ex, where he will like sometimes spend a little bit of time if we're out of town. But, uh, boy, you know, for your own sake, uh, I'd say where you can hang out with him is, like, only in your nightmares. <laughs> so what kind of stuff? Is he uh, He's a little curmudgeon, a little curmudgeonly? Yeah, he growls, he barks. He's, like, blind and deaf, so uh, he doesn't always know where he is, and he, like, gets mad if somebody new starts petting him. Yeah. He uh, is obsessed with food. He licks the floor nonstop, so if you have, like, carpets or whatever he like gets his disgusting foul breath all over them because his teeth are rotting out of his mouth uh he he uh he also he masturbates like he takes his paw and like rubs his penis he like hunches over and rubs his penis with his paw it's just like it just does a lot of stuff that's like the kind of disgusting shit where even for a dog it's disgusting (laughs) he's just like a weird gross roommate but he's a dog he's fine oh yeah i mean now uh, he's so old. He like sleeps a lot and can't, isn't, he's mobile enough, but he doesn't really want to go. Also, he's not even fun to walk cause he's so old. He can't walk. It takes him like, you know, 30 minutes to go three blocks and then he's like exhausted afterwards. So yeah, it's not a great time hanging out with not him. a great hang, <laughs> Hillary. No. Um, but thank you very much for asking. And of course, shout out to Lenny. Everyone go check out Will's header for a look at that dog. All right. Next question comes to us from, oh my, what Joe talking about at what Joe talking about on Twitter. One of the best friend of the show. Go check out her episode. And she asks, what's the weirdest thing you've seen at someone else's house? Oh boy. I should have looked at these. Uh, um. (laughs) What a great question though. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing it's like, these are the kinds of questions I get asked and become obsessed with because I could, you know, just answer yeah, or think of a weird thing. You're going to say like, something, but then next week, oh, you'll remember the real weird thing. Yeah, and I'm extremely, I find uh, these kinds of situations that have absolutely no <laughs> stakes. Like, I could, uh, you could ask me that question and I could just be like, uh I don't know, go fuck yourself and hang up. And like my life would not change in any meaningful way. No, but I, I might I, edit that part out, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I now, uh, yeah, you just insert a thing that yeah, says Will, went like, back. Will, Will died on the way, way back, back to, to his, his home planet. planet. Uh, but like uh, I hear a question like that and I just take it so, so seriously. Like, okay. Now um, a list of every house that I've ever been to, starting with yeah. the uh, oldest memory. Oh, you know, I, Probably because I would like dog sit for um, a lot of like rich people for a long time. And um, 
as like a for, for money. Yeah, and it's there a was good one gig. place. Yeah, there was one place I stayed and they essentially lived in like a big compound. It was massive. They had full size swimming pool, a uh, grilling area as big as like, I don't know, probably my uh, my bedroom, if not my entire apartment, like a couple Ferraris in the garage, like. They were just like so rich and their house was this massive compound with like a full size basketball court in the backyard. And uh, my dog's getting mad at my wife because she came home. And um, (laughs) but like I dog sat there and they seemed extremely uninterested in their dogs to the point where if you let the dogs in, they would destroy everything because they were so understimulated. And also they I was dog sitting and but like the woman's, I don't know, 17 year old daughter also was home the whole time I was dog sitting (laughs) and it was the most, you know, I'm not, I'm not some weirdo who's been warped by porn. Like, I don't think like, Oh, this 17 year old girl's going to try to have sex with me, but it's just like so strange. And I'm pretty sure she and her friends like came back to the house, extremely drunk in the middle of the night. So I like ended up calling my wife at like 10 PM and having her come over and stay with me. Cause I just like, it was just like, I, just like an extremely weird experience to be staying in a total stranger's giant home, supposedly to like take care of their dogs, but like their daughter, their teenage daughter is home. So it's just like, why the hell can't she take care of the dogs? That's a super weird setup. And also, yeah, it would be like the setup to a way that they could frame you for something, right? Like they accidentally killed Jessica and then oh, we can pin it on the dog sitter. He's here. We'll just, we'll move Jessica's body. All right. (laughs) So yeah, and it is like it, it was, I'd already started to develop a healthy distrust of of, uh, rich people. So yeah, there is also, a bit of a paranoia thing where you're like, oh, God, they're going to make me like a, a part of some sort of like, yeah, like sick murder game or yep. something. It's going to be something. Yeah, it's going to be the man is the most difficult game to hunt. So you do. I think to... it's the most dangerous game and difficult. That's kind of, they're both. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're the most dangerous, they they probably go hand in hand, hand in hand. But yes, the most dangerous game, men or humans. <laughs> <laughs> right all right uh we get into the calgary questions that i've got from my other calgary friends of the show so these questions come to us from friend of the show jeff to silva old calgary oh. boy himself and he says i've, literally, uh, <laughs> I've known jeff since i was i think 15 years old well, there you go, going way back yeah. into the Wayback Machine. Uh, so Jeff asks, ask Will about the movie Spank. Yeah, the movie Spank was a uh, a movie that uh, I was a member of uh, uh, an improv theater company uh, in Calgary with Jeff, which honestly is like oh, almost all of my uh, only fond memories of, of the city come from that place, which is still great and uh, you know, it was absolutely like a must check out if you're there. Um, but, uh, there were just for whatever reason, there was a wave of us because everyone there, all of the classes are free and it's free to do the shows, but in return, you have to do two volunteer shifts a month. And the whole theater, aside from like the theater manager and the artistic director and the janitor, they're like four or five paid positions, but every other job concession, ripping tickets, selling tickets, they're all done by volunteers. And so there was just a wave of 
high school kids who all signed up at the same time to be like volunteers and start taking the classes there. And uh, Jeff was one of them. And there were other people from his high school. And uh, there was a, uh, another guy who was a couple years older from my high school. And we just all immediately became like really good friends. Well, varying levels of friends, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I mean, we, we were all, we were all friends, but it just like kind of varied. And some people didn't stick around as long. Actually, um, one of the guys, uh, that show Kim's convenience, Andrew Fung, who plays like, I think like the friend on the show. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't watch it here, but he, uh, he was, he went to high school with Jeff and he was one of the guys who kind of joined the theater in that wave. But anyway, that's an insane amount of context is entirely unnecessary to just say <laughs> Spank was a movie we made in high school. Cause we were all hanging out one night and I, like, I am so, so horrified by <laughs> like what is on that thing. Like, like I, if that ever gets out. It's everyone's nightmare that this like extremely bad comedy movie that was made by some high school kids who were watching a lot of like Jackass and Tom Green. I I, I don't ever want to know what is on that thing ever again. Yeah, I was going to ask for a loose uh, idea of what the plot is, but <laughs> maybe there wasn't too much. I don't think there is. Pl- uh, um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they kill me in it. And I remember in one scene... Uh, one of the guys, Derek Hovinga, uh, his sister had this giant stuffed bird and they like threw it down the stairs as my uh, body double. Derek, of all <laughs> the bad things I'd say about it, we actually did some like fairly impressive uh, editing job. That's jobs a funny gag. But, yeah, other than that, I'm like horrified. <laughs> I could not, do not ever want to know what the contents of that thing is. All right, Jeff. Well, if you got some clips, upload them to YouTube and we'll link them in the show notes. <laughs> Jeff, please don't do it. All right, and follow up from Jeff. Will you ever play another hat game? <laughs> These are some great uh, inside hat- uh, references. Yeah, the hat game is uh, in uh, an improv game um, that was often deter- used to determine who would win the uh, Friday competitive improv show at the theater. And um, I guess my answer would be uh, no, hopefully not, because it is <laughs> an extremely it's weirdly stressful if you're like me and you take, um, yeah, strange things super seriously. And, um, yeah. Also that I, I don't know if I could go back to ever doing that show again because it, it was just like, so the idea of improv now is so stressful to me. You've been through it and you've come out the other end. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And finally from Jeff, what's your favorite mall in Calgary? Oh my God. Um, there's no, all the malls are the same. I mean, it's just by default Chinook because Chinook has the most stores and therefore means you are the least likely to have to go somewhere else if you go there. Well, there you go. So thank you too much, Jeff, for those great questions. And what's your got- favorite mall? <laughs> well, I think he asked something. He was like, what were the most ghetto sections of it? But uh, I cut that out. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, the final question here from Calgarians, Calgary's own Amanda Brook Perrin at Brook Perrin on Twitter. She says, "Ask Will if he paid my arch nemesis to name our high school improv team after him." Uh, no, he did that entirely of his own accord. And then uh, I'm pretty sure they had like uh, they like washed out really hard in the uh, city uh, improv championship. So Oof. you know, it, tainted. <laughs> 
Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I am. I am. Of all the bad choices I've I've made with money, I'm glad that was not one of them. That wasn't you, but you're still somehow tangentially connected to that uh, spectacular failure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, I don't want to uh, come down too hard on them, but uh, according to Amanda, it was a uh, disaster, and everyone was ashamed <laughs> afterwards. So, um, you know. That's uh, that's her fault, not mine. I well, guess technically it would be his fault because he was the team captain. Oh, you got yeah, you got to pin it on the captain, and the captain's got to go down with that ship. Yeah, SS Will leader. <laughs> attitude reflects leadership, Captain. There Famous you go. quote from "Remember the Titans," and we will remember them. All right, and. Uh, Here's a final question. It comes to us from Will Weldon at Old Man Weldon, and the question is, what is Calgary? Um, uh, Calgary is a, uh, a loose collection of uh, suburbs that incorporated into a city um, that uh, uh, always, um, always votes uh, extremely conservative in provincial politics but always elects fairly to – pretty uh liberal mayors because they want uh, nice things for themselves but not for anyone else in the province oh that's such a smart way to do it i never thought about that yeah on the local level there are a lot of liberal there and are then, a lot of cities like that like i think um i think like houston is like that in uh, texas it's like it, mm. it's less uncommon than you'd think ah oh, dang that's a trick and then you and then the flip side is you go to uh, a supposed liberal bastion like toronto and because of the uh, wretched suburbs, uh, continually electing uh, ghoulish conservatives as oh, mayor. Oh, those wretched suburbs. What did you want, wretched suburbs? A new boat? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, now we got these these bumbling idiots here spending millions to, like, change the road signs for no reason. Like, ah. Yeah, are they um uh you guys are in like a feverish uh bike lane battle there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, there's always bike lane battles and it's always so businesses versus the people. Yeah, it's uh, like god, yeah. If it's um the yeah, the construction of cities is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid on this continent. Infrastructure. Oh yeah, in Hamilton we just got a LRT scrapped. A uh, huge, what? huge project that spanned multiple governments. Uh, so, like, the liberals promised it and put it into action. And then the conservatives are just like, oh, no, it's going to cost, like, $5 billion instead of the $3 billion that they said. So we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Instead, we'll just uh, waste all the money on the – I mean, they did the same thing here. There was supposed to be a lot of um, high-speed rail yeah. built uh, through California, and they wanted to have a high-speed rail, I think, straight to Vegas. And, uh, yeah, it – all got scrapped because, uh, you know, if a project is going to last longer than somebody's term in office, like why would you? Yeah. Why would you waste the political capital for something that's only going to benefit the person after you? Exactly. When you can just. Uh... Which is why I favor a brutal <laughs> military dictatorship. Oh, okay. So, yep. who, who are you yep. voting for? 20, twenty year twenty year terms in office. That's what I'm looking for. Well, why does why does not Putin? He's already doing it. Um, uh, yeah, the, uh, that's uh, that's a country that's uh, really too poor to uh, <laughs> achieve the kind of change we're we're looking for. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, in the next twenty years, you'll be able to realize your dream of <laughs> military dictatorship over the land. Yep. You know, fingers crossed. You know. And I think that's it. Well, we've done done it. We've recorded the whole podcast. So thank you very much to for being on the podcast. It's great talking to you. Well, 
Thank you for having me. And uh, best of luck out there on the stages of Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) I think there are actually very few. There's not – I honestly don't know if I can think of any shows in uh, Hollywood proper. It's uh, all being turned into luxury condos and like uh, coffee shops and stuff. Oh, so it would be like, good luck out there on the stages of – What's the Mal- uh, Malibu or <laughs> Malibu? Oh yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, what's the thing? What's the place? East, uh, yeah, what's the, the place I'm thinking. Uh, of? Like uh, uh, yeah, Malibu is its own city. Um, no, uh, you know, I don't know. Echo Park, Silver Lake, Los Feliz, uh, West Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, Hollywood. That's the other cruel thing about this city is like Hollywood is like truly for a long time one of the most disgusting places I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Just like. Just like a nightmare to visit. Pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, not not great, folks. Yeah, I when I visited there, um, I I was mostly like after dusk walking the streets, I was mostly on high alert. <laughs> I was not feeling yeah. super safe. Uh, I, like generally, there's like a being in Canada vibe, and then a being <laughs> elsewhere or the states vibe, which is generally a more high alert. But sort of that walking around there it was sort of like it's not Detroit from RoboCop. Uh, but it is somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah, Hollywood has some s- extremely cursed vibes. And on that note, <laughs> thanks for being on the pod. Yeah, and, my uh, pleasure. And now I will play the theme and we'll say our goodbyes. So you can follow Will at Old Man Weldon on Twitter. Please do. Yeah, yeah am I supposed is this like uh like this is like fun uh, banter to end the show and it's gonna end in a few seconds, so I usually just say oh, bye bye. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Uh thank you. Well that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Will. You're probably interested in following at Old Man Weldon on Twitter for some very serious but fun jokes and updates on his mean dog. Now, for all the classic Friends of the Show episodes, visit www.stevenwskinner.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on the Pod People. Please leave a rating and review. Follow at FOTS Pod on Twitter to find posts about the latest episodes, fun retweets, and when to send questions to be asked on the show. Go and follow at SkinnerSteven on Twitter with new tweets every day. Visit my page and retweet a tweet today. Thank you to Ruby Toast for the music, and thank you to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme, and thank you so very much for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner, bidding thee a great one. 